We are just like a small candle in a very dark room. What what we want is is not our allies' sacrifice for us. We just want our allies to shield the wind for us. Hello and welcome to Perspectives with Nilo, a regular podcast that brings you news and views from around the world. If this is your first time checking out our podcast, you might also enjoy some of our past episodes, which you can find on our blog site at pwnilo.com or by searching for Perspectives with Nilo on your favorite podcast app. In this episode, I'm chatting with Taipei City Councillor Miao Poya. Councillor Miao is a member of Taiwan's Social Democratic Party and was first elected in 2018. She is one of 13 councillors representing the Da'an Wenchan district of Taipei with an electorate of over 400,000 people. When first elected at the age of 31, she was one of Taiwan's first openly lesbian council members. She advocates for protection of workers' rights, care of children and the elderly, and Taiwanese sovereignty and independence. I sat down with her on May 15th last to talk about the upcoming Taiwan presidential election, the difficulties of engaging with authoritarian regimes, the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Taiwan public opinion, and how her constituents perceive China's unrelenting grey warfare attacks against Taiwan. Councillor Miao, thank, thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview, and you're very welcome to Perspectives with Nilo. Hi, <laughs> and, and, and thank you very much for caring about Taiwan, because uh, I, I know that uh, maybe the, the Western world is not very familiar to uh, uh, Indo-Pacific region and Taiwan, but I am always happy to have an opportunity to introduce my homeland yeah, to the world. Yeah. yeah so th- th- I think that's a very good point to start on because in Ireland and many Western countries, we usually only hear about Taiwan in the news after a high-profile visit like Nancy Pelosi last August, uh, or after an event like President Tsai's visit t- uh, to meet Speaker McCarthy in California. Then Western media will give attention to the CCP's response, like the live fire military drills, maneuvers, blockades, and so on that the PLA conduct around Taiwan. Uh, but the CCP are conducting uh, military activity around Taiwan on a daily basis, I notice. Like on one day alone last week, I saw that uh, Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense Twitter account said that uh, there were 32 PLA aircraft and four PLA Navy vessels detected around Taiwan. And we've also seen that the PLA are using drones now to to, uh, monitor what's going on. And also I hear that the, the the PRC Coast Guard are saying they're talking about inspecting vessels in the Taiwan Strait. Um, it seems like a very aggressive and intrusive behavior by the CCP. And my question to you is, how do people who elected you, your constituents in your district, how do they feel about this? What do they say about this? Actually, uh, Taiwan is in the front line of Chinese invasion for over 74 years after the World War II. And so, um, People in Taiwan uh, actually get used to the, the, the very provocative actions by Chinese government. And, uh, but getting used to it doesn't mean that we are very you know, welcome <laughs> so, uh, such a uh, uh, provocative action. Uh, in fact, we, uh, we are doing our best to prepare for the, you know, maybe the dictators are very unpredictable and maybe someday uh, they will do the decision to invade Taiwan. So we are trying to 
do the best preparation for the uh, incoming invasion. So uh, people in my district are very, you know, we are just uh, hoping that uh, our government is very pragmatic and we are trying to make more friends, allies of the world. So uh, as you mentioned, Nancy Pelosi visit Taiwan or uh, President Tsai uh, visit other foreign countries are very, very common and usual for every democracy over the world that we make friends and we welcome our friends. So uh, China is the only provocative country in the region. And I, I believe that uh, the only thing that we must do is not you know, anxious or angry. The only one thing we have to do is uh, prepare. But the Chinese government and, and their mouthpieces frequently, they blame the U.S. as the sole aggressor in the Taiwan Strait. Uh, wh what do you think of that? You know, uh, Taiwan is, uh, is a good partner for many countries. Like uh, we are the, uh, one of the biggest trade partners of the U.S. So it's very very natural that U.S. are trying to make friends with us, right? And we are very good trade partner with the EU also. So, of course, with Ireland, that uh, our ICT industry and our uh, chip, uh, uh, you know, the TSMC chips are provided to uh, every, I, I think, I believe that every single country all, all, over, all over the world. So, I don't, I don't know why the Chinese government sees that uh, we make friends as a very provocative action because it is very natural action for every country in the world. And, and recently, again, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party, just to continue on, on kind of my previous question, as I mentioned, they've started using drones around the island. Um, in fact, Taiwan News website has said that the PLA flew a long-range armed drone around the island on April 27th, another one on May 2nd, and that no political party or leader in Taiwan has expressed alarm. That seems, uh, for, for outsiders, that seems uh, very strange that there's somebody threatening you, but nobody says anything. Uh, China, China has sent their aircrafts and drones to uh, harass Taiwan for over a decade. It started, uh, I believe it started in 2000, maybe 2010, after 2010, the Chinese government has done that uh, for, for, for all, all of these years. So uh, I, I know that we understand that they are trying to use, uh, I, I call it, great conflict, a, a tactic to Taiwan, is that uh, they, they, they did not shoot a, a, a bullet, they did not uh, fire, but uh, they sent the aircrafts or ships, also ships, to harass us. And they, the purpose is that they want to uh, provoke, provoke us and trying to make us the, you know, uh, trying to make a reason, to create the reason that Taiwan is to be blamed. So um, I think the Taiwan is trying to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. So uh, we are we are committed to um, to protect the uh, peace and prosperity of the region. So we we are not going to do anything provocative to China or to any other country. So, like you say, Taiwan is a peacemaker, but the CCP and their behavior is very much troublemaking behavior. Usually, when people make trouble, 
like as an ordinary citizen, you know, there's a consequence. They are fined, or they go to jail, or they lose some privileges. But my question here is, what are the consequences for China and that keep doing this bad behavior? There doesn't seem to be a consequence, is there? Yeah, that is one of the most important topic that we have to have a consensus with our allies. Just like uh, uh, Taiwan and U.S., we have a very long time consensus that uh, Taiwan is not going to create any trouble and U.S. provides some kind of uh, security guarantee for us. And, but, uh, you know, as the uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese, gov- uh, Chinese president, got into his third term and his ambitions got uh, bigger and bigger and he's been more and more provocative, maybe we should have a new tactic to deal with the situation. For example, we are not r- now, I believe our government is discussed with the U.S. government, maybe the uh, strategic ambiguity, maybe tr- maybe it should uh, transform to strategic uh, clearance, right? And uh, for example, the EU, you know, last August, the uh, EU Parliament has a resolution talked about the uh, uh, situation in Taiwan Strait, and we hope that the uh, EU can provide more, a little bit more. Uh, security guarantee in this region so that China will feel that they have to bear a consequence. As you mentioned, bear a consequence is very important for the dictator to make them think twice before they invade any country. And I I, I believe that last February, uh, before Putin invade Ukraine, maybe he uh, he wrongfully thought that he sh- uh, he will not have to bear any consequence, so he did the very wrong action, the wrong invasion, and so we should take that lesson. You know, make uh, Chinese government aware that they have to take the consequences, so that maybe every day they can they they will feel that it, it is not a good day to invade Taiwan. I noticed recently also uh, Japan's president Kishida says that Taiwan security is a global issue and he said that uh, G7 nations are united in terms of uh, the island and uh, despite Macron's comments. um, Do you think the momentum is building a little from your neighboring countries and from from other allies in terms of, of that what you just said in terms of protecting Taiwan? I think our three partners all over the all over the world has uh, aware that uh, Taiwan's importance of the supply chain. So, uh, if any invasion that Chinese has implied to Taiwan, it will hurt the world economy more badly than Ukraine war because uh, Taiwan has a more important um, contribution to the ICT industry. ICT supply chain. So and 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 besides that, Taiwan is in a very crucial location in South China Sea, and more th- over than fifty percent of uh, uh, commercial ships uh, are are going around the uh, the sea around Taiwan. So uh, if the war breaks out, if China invades Taiwan, the uh, shipment the economy will very uh, will, will be hurt very badly. So uh, I wish that uh, maybe the US and the EU can take can give more you know um, collaboration, I would say that collaboration with us 
because uh, there's a old saying uh, in Mandarin that uh, um, is the <laughs> how to say uh, it's it's better to prepare and and is the the precaution is better than uh, procure you know so um, so I think that uh, the most important job and the most important goal for us is to prevent the war. It's not to, you know, we are we are trying to win the war. Uh, of course, if China invades us, we will fight for our homeland to the last minute. But the best option is to prevent the war happens. I, I guess the CCP are maybe also looking at an alternative way of getting control of Taiwan. And we read about their imposing sanctions on Taiwan companies. Uh, they're blocking uh, Taiwan exports. They're poaching Taiwan's uh, diplomatic allies. Uh, how successful do you think are they being with these other kind of uh, tactics? I think the soft tactics uh, uh, is, the, the, the goal of the soft tactics is to influence Taiwan's public opinion because we are a democracy and we have election almost every year. So uh, I, I think the CCP might have to want to use the weakness of an open society, just like a hybrid warfare, the information warfare, disinformation, misinformation. And so uh, uh, the goal is very clear that uh, they want to uh, interfere the election just like the Russian interfered the elections in Europe and in the US. So um, I, I think the public and the government are also aware of the these kind of tactics Chinese are using against us. Um, so uh, we are trying to ha introduce new law, uh, to implement new law, and trying to get the foreign uh, interfere outside of Taiwan's mainstream media because China is trying to buy our media and trying to uh, make some you know disinformation tactic to um, to support the candidates that that they they prefer so yeah I spoke to some Ukrainian people here in Taiwan uh, recently, and, and they were very impressed uh, by Taiwan's generosity and how Taiwan has supported Ukraine with the various donations since the Russian invasion. How do you think the Russian war in Ukraine has uh, opened uh, opened the eyes of Taiwanese people or affected uh, Taiwan people's uh, attitude or perception of uh, what the CCP are trying to do? I think the fighting spirits of Ukraine people has encouraged Taiwanese people because uh, in a very long time, I, I believe that uh, over decades, the China government has a propaganda that if they invade Taiwan, Taiwan will lose within a week and uh, there's no chance for Taiwanese to win, etc. like that, blah, blah, blah. And, but uh, after Ukraine war, the you know the fighting spirits are it is it is literally every night in Taiwan's uh, TV, people can watch the news of Ukraine every day over a year, and uh, you know the, the 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 fighting spirits of Ukraine people has break down the propaganda of Russian, and uh, it you know that makes Taiwanese people has more confident that. Uh, maybe we can believe that we can resist, we can resist, and uh, with the help 
of our allies, we can win if China China invades us. And so, uh, and on the other hand, the economic sanctions by the Western world to Russian, it shows the new tactic of how can we support each other if if China has made some you know the the, the military uh, invasion to any other country. So that broadens our imagination that how democracies can unite together through military ways and also through economical ways. China, though, is, is proposing a peace plan now for, for Ukraine. We saw uh, Xi Jinping called uh, President Zelensky uh, recently uh, to discuss peace and so on. Do you think um, China will be, successful, will be a successful peace broker in this conflict? China is very successful being a double tactic player uh, in history. And so uh, maybe Xi Jinping would say that he's uh, pursuing peace. But uh, I think the point is under what condition? If Chinese, uh, Chinese government is pro uh, uh, offer a peace, uh, peace agreement between uh, Russia and Ukraine under the condition that Ukraine has give up some of their territories, and it is very unfair and actually China is helping Russia, right? So um, I, I know that uh, China is trying to use Ukraine war as a leverage to the Western world and trying to blackmail the Europe to blackmail US. And, and, and China, I believe that China will use uh, Ukraine crisis uh, to, to get their best benefits. And so um, maybe we, we should we should look at what did Chinese government actually do instead of what did they say because you know uh, I, I, I don't know how much you've, you're familiar with the tactic of uh, co Chinese Communist Party but Taiwanese people are very very familiar with Chinese Communist Party that they will say one thing and do the other so just look at focus on what they actually do Taiwan, though, is, is a very successful democracy. In fact, it scores about the same level as Ireland in the World Freedom Index. It scores higher than, than the US and the UK, and even though it's still a very uh, relatively young democracy. And as we've been discussing, Taiwan is on the front line when it comes to defending democracy. Um, I've read that you have cautioned about over-reliance on authoritarian regimes. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean about that? Uh, I, I, I believe that uh, Taiwan is a very, very unique example of uh, <laughs> political science because we have we have never seen such a very young democracy. We, we, we just abolished the martial law just before 35 years ago. And but within the 35 years, we have uh, just some uh, uh, achievement, as you mentioned, and um, it is very rare and unique. And but also China, uh, China is our neighbor. Actually, it's an, uh, and we, we are the neighbor of the one of the biggest dictatorship of the world. And uh, I, I don't know how to say fortunately or unfortunately that uh, Taiwan and mainland is using Mandarin as our languages. So uh, the, the, the influence of the dictatorship, 
dictatorship are very easy to um, to have an impact in Taiwan society. So uh, maybe I would say it is an experiment. How solidarity, how much can solidarity do to uh, protect or to, to guard the very unique democracy in Indo-Pacific region? And of course, we are trying our best. And but uh, if without the, the help of our allies, without help of U.S., Japan, or Europe, I don't know how much, how far can we go, because um, you know uh, we are just like a small candle in a very dark room, right? And we we're trying to uh, <laughs> burn ourselves just for lighting the room. Yeah. So uh, what what we want is. It's not uh, our, you know, our, our allies sacrifice for us. We just want our allies to, to shield the wind for us, you know, and we we are we, we will continue doing what we are doing now, and uh, but I believe that if Taiwan is safe, then the Pacific Indo-Pacific is safe, and if the Indo-Pacific region is safe, the world is safe, but otherwise, if <laughs> something happens to Taiwan, maybe, maybe the war will go to the next world, world war. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to people in, in uh, Western countries like Ireland uh, who may not be very familiar with authoritarian regimes? You know, we don't have much experience with them. Um, in Ireland's case, people might say, you know, Ireland is a small, neutral country. Um, we're far away from China. Why would they want to hurt us? And so, yeah, what would advice would you give? You know, obviously, uh, Ireland would like to trade with China because they're a big market, a big economy. But we don't think they would want to hurt us because we're, you know, we're a small country, neutral, far away. What would you say to people in Ireland about that? Uh, actually, I know Ireland and Taiwan are very far away, but we share the same value. We have a common value of uh, democracy, human rights, rule of law. And uh, so, I, I think that China, if China take over Taiwan, it's not just uh, China take over a very important military base in, in Western Pacific. It also means that uh, the democracies are weaker than dictatorship. And, and uh, if China take over Taiwan, it will encourage every dictatorship all over the world. If China take over Taiwan, it will encourage Russia, it will encourage Putin, and uh, it will make Putin has more confidence to invade Europe. And it would hurt the economy all over the world. So if Taiwan, uh, China, China take over Taiwan, maybe the inflation will get worse, much more worse than now. And maybe, maybe the 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 EU have to compromise more to Russia, and it would affect the freedom and democracy of Ireland, of course. So uh, I think we are very yeah far away in geographic way, but we are tight, uh, bounding very tightly in ideology, and we 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 embrace. Common, common values. So if we want to survive, we have to protect all. And if, if one of us 
uh, has been break down by the dictatorship, maybe we all of us will get hurt. Some EU leaders are advocating uh, de-risking and diversification, uh, not decoupling from authoritarian regimes like China. Do you have any particular view on, on, on how to approach or how, to, how Western countries can engage or continue to engage or uh, distance from uh, the likes of, of China? I think uh, maybe... Maybe we should start think, thinking about a new model of uh, um, economic economical collaboration, because uh, in last three decades the Western world rely on Chinese supply chain very much, so right now it is very it is difficult to disattach <laughs> with China, and it it is like uh, Europe is has some difficulty to dis disattach with Russia because the gas, you know. So uh, maybe we can prepare from now that uh, we, we can move our factories uh, to south, uh, to, to southeastern Asia instead of China. And maybe we can have more trade deal with south, southeastern Asia country, including Taiwan. For example, like uh, I know that um, the EU Parliament has made a resolution last August, and it mentioned the BIA, uh, the Bilateral Investment Agreement with Taiwan. And I think it is a very good way to uh, uh, ensure that the cheap supply of EU is safe, if we have a BIA, right? So um, maybe we can, have, we can have more substantial relationship with each other. Because I know the formal diplomatic relationship is kind of uh, more difficult, but substantial relationships is kind of um, a little bit easier way to strengthen our tie with each other. So, so back to Taiwan politics, uh, then for maybe the final question. Um, uh, so Taiwan has a presidential election coming up in 2024. Uh, I noticed that former KMT President Ma Ying-jeou recently returned from a trip to China in March. And one of the statements he made was that the future is a choice between peace and war. Um, and just to expand a little for our Western listeners on that, uh, what he really means by that is that a vote for the KMT, which is uh, Taiwan's political party who have been historically uh, pro-unification with China, is a vote for peace. And a vote for maybe the incumbent DPP, uh, the Democratic Progressive Party, is a vote for war. What do you think of this statement and how, how do you interpret it? I think the choice of peace and war is uh, purely uh, propaganda for the KMT's campaign. Because as we all know that there are only one country which is provocative, it is China. So we don't have a button of peace or war. <laughs> only Xi Jinping has the choice of peace or war is the, uh, the choice of Xi Jinping. It's not the choice of Taiwan. The choice of Taiwan is a choice between we protect our own democracy or we surrender to dictatorship. You know, if we prepare more, more, um, more we prepare that the possibility of war is less. So uh, I don't think that uh, we should follow the propaganda because the choice between peace or war is not our choice. 
you know, the the only one choice we have to make is that uh, we have to de determine that we want to protect the democracy, not the democracy of Taiwan, not only the democracy of Taiwan, but also the democracy of the world. I know uh, the last presidential election was very much in influenced by what happened in Hong Kong and people in <laughs> Taiwan could see very much, you know, this is what can happen. Um, do you think this election is more challenging from that perspective uh, or a little bit more blurry? How, how would you compare? Campaigning is always very challenging, you know, as I am a politician. And so I have go through two campaigns, uh, three campaigns in my career, and it is always very challenging. So I think that, uh, of course, that uh, China will want to frame the election as that if Chinese, uh, if Taiwanese people didn't elect uh, the people China prefer preferred and then China will has uh, uh, will raise the conflict will raise the tension but it is a purely blackmail you know and uh, I, I believe that Taiwanese people are not like to be <laughs> blackmail we don't want to be blackmail so uh, I, I think the challenge is that um, the govern the government the ruling party DPP now how do they frame their story and how do they have the narrative make the people understand how can we prepare to protect our country you know we don't want to provoke war we want to you know you know it, it is very simple simple tactic uh deterrence you know we, we want to deter china from invade taiwan so um it is a competition between two different narratives and and our job is to uh you know try our best to dialogue to have more dialogue to have more uh you know person to person contact to make the people understand what we are doing now okay all right well Councillor Miao, thank you very much for chatting with us really appreciate it Thank you, and uh, I hope that uh, we, ha we can have more substantial re relationship between Taiwan and Ireland. My sincere thanks to Taipei City Councillor Miao Poya for joining us on Perspectives with Nilo. You can find out more about Councillor Miao on our blog site at pwnilo.com, where we've linked some additional references for you to dive deeper. And don't forget, you can also follow Perspectives with Nilo on Spotify, SoundCloud, and most podcast apps, as well as on Instagram and Twitter. And we'd really appreciate a like or a follow if you enjoy our content. Well, that's where we leave it for the moment. Until the next time, thank you for listening. From Taipei, Taiwan, Zai Tian. <laughs>